Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Come on, if we love Jesus, can we make a little bit of noise all across this house? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise, all the honor. Come on, you got five more seconds of some loud praise all across here. Come on, we can get loud at a basketball game. We can get loud at a football game. Come on, church doesn't have to be quiet. We're thankful because we serve a risen Savior. Come on, give five more seconds of some praise. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, while you're standing, we're in the last uh, day of our series called Legacy. Somebody say Legacy. Legacy, eyes on eternity. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks, and um, I I just felt in my spirit. I preached a completely different message in the first service. I felt in the middle of the the like the crazy of life that the Lord said, "Speak a completely different message in this service." And so, you about to get it raw, unfiltered, unpracticed. I'm just gonna tell you, like I just, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with us today. Uh, in this season that we're in as a church called Legacy, but not just that, but this season that we're in uh, just in the year of, of Thanksgiving and of parties and, and, and family and all that stuff. And I just want to just read to us while you're standing in honor of God's word. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there to John chapter 2. If you got that, I'd love to hear some pages flipping every week. We're going to open the Bible, so I encourage you to bring that with you. Bring that with you, John chapter 2. And again, you're about to get it unfiltered. Everybody okay with that? Everybody all right? If you are with it, say, I'm all right with it. All right, good. This is John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1, and this is what the Bible says, and we're going to read 11 verses together. If you're ready for it, say, I'm ready. This is what it says. John chapter 2, verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mama was there. All right, so they're having a little little get-together, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The Bible says, verse 3, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So watch what Jesus' mama said. Jesus' mother told them, they have no more, they told him, they have no more wine. And it's not going to be up on the screen, just so everybody knows, because I literally just changed it right before the service. All right, so everybody just just hang out with me. Everybody okay? Everybody good? All right, here we go. Here we go. Verse 4, dear woman, that's not our problem. Come on, you know he didn't have no black mama because she just slapped him across the face right there. Come on. My mama slapped me too right there. Jesus, dear woman, it's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. Watch what he says, verse 5. But his mother told the servants, watch what they say, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. And each could hold somewhere between 20 and 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, watch what he says, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some of it out and take it to the master of ceremonies. And so the servants followed his instruction. Verse 9, when the masters of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, right? The servants, the people that participated, they knew. 
he called the bridegroom over and says, a host always serves the best wine first, but then, then when everyone is gone and had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. And then watch verse 11. I love this part right here. It says, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And I just think I just had this 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 sense inside of me today that you know what I think there's some people that are desperate for the miraculous miracle that only Jesus can offer, and I think you are a part of a church that is desperate for that as well. You're a part of a, a pastor that listened to me. I, I'm just I'm desperate to see God do something that we've never seen before. And so as we're talking about this idea of eyes on eternity, we're going to talk about that. And today it was supposed to be talking about what is your legacy, but we're going to look at how we can create a legacy by doing what Jesus tells us to do in John chapter 2. All right, so why don't we do this? Stretch your hands towards heaven. Let's pray together. God, we honor you, Jesus. We welcome you in this place. We love you. We're so thankful. Thank you that we get to come in this place and we get to worship you. We get to read your word, and God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us, that that we can experience comfort and peace and correction and change. And God, in a moment's notice that you can move, and we are saying, yes, God, wherever you go, we're going. Wherever you move, we're going. And so, Lord, as our hands are stretched towards you, we are saying that today. Lord, we love you. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we praise you. It's in the mighty, powerful, awesome, magnificent, rocking name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. One more time, can we give Jesus a big ovation of worship all across this house? You can go ahead and have a seat. High five your neighbor on the way to your seat. Tell him, I'm glad you made it to church. I'm glad you made it to church. Glad you made it to church. Awesome, 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 awesome. I love that. I love it so much. Well, hey, I just want to start out by just saying, man, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to everybody that's watching in online and just thankful for you. And uh, I, I, a few things I started out first service saying, I will say these uh, to you guys. Is where my college students at in the room? Wave at me and say, yeah. All right, good. If you're a college student, listen to me. We love you. We're so thankful for you. And I know finals is coming up in a few weeks, right? You're probably going to be going home uh, here soon for some Thanksgiving. But once you come back, finals is going to be happening. And this is what we want you to know. On December 4th, two weeks from today, uh, we have a home-cooked meal that we're going to cook and feed all of y'all college students. Come on, somebody, all right? So we got that happening for you. All you got to do is stay after the second experience. And uh, we would love to serve that for you. Love to get that to you. And that's going to kick off just finals week um, before you get your belly's full in that. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is if you want to, you can come here. Uh, all throughout the week, we're opening up the church from 4 to 8 p.m. every single night. We got coffee. We got all kinds of stuff for you, snacks. And you can come and you can have a place to like that's quiet, that you can study. And we may have like one room where it'd be like a party room. Come on, somebody. Because you know, somebody... I, Studying with me would not be very quiet, all right? So, like, that, that would be, a, that's going to be happening every single day all throughout the week of finals week. So, I want you to know that we love you. We're here for you. We're going to have some good coffee for you. So, come study. Uh, if it's not somewhere, obviously, you don't want to study in the library or study at your dorm or whatever, come here. We'd love to be that place that you just spend some time just getting to know some people too and studying in the middle of it. Uh, so, that's awesome. And then I'm just going to reiterate what the girl said about the orange bag. Like, I just want to be a part of a church. I want us to be a church that literally generosity is a privilege. That we don't just say that. That's not just up on the wall outside, but we really mean it. And so as we're trouncing through Walmart, I hope you would grab four or five of those today, all right? We're going to grab one for
for every single one of our kiddos, and we're going to fill them bad boys full. And so what we would love to do is just do that because, again, for us, I don't want to just say that we're generous. I want to be generous. I want to prove it. I want to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? I want to do both of those things. So I'm asking us as a church, we are a generous church, and I'm just so thankful for you. So I would encourage all of us today, grab some of those on the way out. In two weeks from today, bring them back. You can bring them back next Sunday, get you another bag, whatever you want to do, all right? So that's coming up. I love this time of year. Anybody love this time of year? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Come on. How many of y'all love this time of year? I do too. And as I, as again, as the Lord is kind of just working on me in between the services, I started thinking about this celebration that's going on in the scripture right here. I love a good party. Anybody else love a good party? About four of you. All right, sounds good. I know what a fun, me and Randy love a good party. Come on, somebody, right? Like, I just love, I, I love, I mean, I like music. I like it loud. I like all of that stuff when it comes to party, right? And so I'm imagining and I'm thinking about this, um, literally this story right here in Scripture. And you can imagine that Jesus is there. And again, I'm giving this to y'all very raw, unfiltered. I just, I, I literally have, 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 have spoken this type of message before, but I have never probably walked up on stage so nervous in my life to share with you something I have not just. I know the Lord's telling me to speak this to us, though. So are we okay with that? Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about. I, like, I love the idea that this is a, a story that we're seeing where Jesus is invited to the party. Right? And we're in the middle of a series called Legacy. Okay? Legacy, eyes on eternity. But I just feel like, again, so many times we can get so worried, and this story is a perfect example of that, that we can get so worried about all the things around us that we can miss Jesus right in front of us, that we can miss the miracle that's right there in front of us. And I think as we're reading this story, there's a few things that stick out in my mind that I want us as a church to embody, that I want us as a church that I want to embody, that I want to be a person that has these five characteristics. I think I would call it five characteristics of a legacy life. And I'm just going to throw that out there uh, today. It's not, there's literally not going to be anything pop up on the screen. Everybody okay with that? So you're going to have to pay, take some good notes today, all right? So note takers are history makers, and I believe anybody taking notes, you're going to be in heaven. So come on, take some notes, all right? That's a joke, okay? That's a joke. But take some notes. We just read John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Let's talk about it a little bit. Let's walk down through it a little bit. Verse number 1 and 2, it says this. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mama was there. His mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. You know what? I want us to be a church that's like. This very first thing I want you to write down. A characteristic of living a legacy life a characteristic of, of, I feel like, a life that honors Jesus is, number one, you got to have an awareness of his presence. Number one, you got to have an awareness of his presence. Like, you got to realize, like, literally the opening couple of verses that are right here in John chapter 2 are telling us that Jesus, they take the time to let us know that Jesus is at the party, that Jesus is at the celebration, that Jesus is in the room. And here's the thing I want to challenge all of us with. Is this idea that so many times we walk into church, we pull on the property, we do whatever. And I think, again, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, we can get so focused on all of the things that we can miss his presence. And I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us that we as a church, listen, we can go to the next level when we realize that when Jesus is in the house, the potential for the supernatural is unlimited. That there is no cap to that. That there is no limit to that. But that we serve a God who is omnipotent, which means he knows everything. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And guess what? He's in the room. And so when he's in the room, the likelihood of a miracle taking place is 
is there. So I want us as a church, I want us to always have this awareness of his presence, that you and I would stay aware of the presence of God among us because this is what I know. I don't just want to do church. Right, come on, come on, somebody. I, we doing church right now. I don't want to just do church, right? I, I, I want to experience his presence. I don't want to walk in the same way that I walk out. Like, I, I don't want to walk out the same way I walked in. That's, that would be better praise of that. Like, I, I want to experience God. I want us as a church every single Sunday to believe walking into this place every week that we are meeting with the creator of the world. That we, hey, you know what? As we sang just a second ago, that the stars were made to worship, guess what? So will I. That the wind was crying, hey, we'll, we'll whip around and made to worship, so will I. That the ocean roars, so will I that we will be a people and we will be a place that is aware and we are aware of his presence stay aware of the presence of God and I just want us to be a church that's like that again when we're thinking legacy let's stay aware of the presence of God let's stay aware of what he's doing let's stay aware of where he is and where he's moving and what he's saying everybody good with that that's number one everybody good all right, number one, that's it. I want you to have an awareness of his presence. I want to be a church that has an awareness of his presence. Number two, I want you to think about what verse number three through five, it says this. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. And he said, dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But what I love is mother, what, do you, what does she say right here? His mama told the servants in verse number five, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Tap your neighbor and say, do whatever he says. Tap your other neighbor and say, I know I picked you second, but you better do what he says too, all right? I, I, again, I think so many times we overcomplicate the gospel. I think so many times we overcomplicate so many things in life. You know what? how, how we can follow Jesus? Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Like, listen to Jesus, do what he says. Number two, if we're going to be a church that lives a legacy life, we're going to have an awareness of his presence. That without his presence, we don't even want to do it. Without his presence, we don't want no part of it. I, I literally looked over at Allie a second ago and said, I'm so nervous to walk up on this stage, but if God doesn't go, before, go with me, I don't even want to go up there. Like, if God doesn't come up on this platform and at this altar and be here, I don't want it. Right? We don't, we don't want, and, and so I'm asking all of us, let's have an awareness of his presence. Number two, let's have a desperation for his voice. Let's have a desperation for his voice. See, I love the clarity that we find right there from Mary in this story where she says, do whatever he tells you. Right? Do whatever he tells you. Our work is spiritual in nature. As we're, as we're serving people, as we're presenting the gospel to them, listen, we, we cannot just settle for activity. We can't just settle for just going through the motions. We can't just settle for, oh, it's Legacy Offering Sunday. I guess I'll just do a little bit here, a little bit there. Like, no, no, no. Let's have a desperation for his voice. Like, we have to have a des we have to be desperate to hear his voice and his guidance for our lives in everything that we do. And so I would ask you, what voice are you listening to? Right, that, that's the voice. What voice are you desperate for? Like, again, a lot of times what happens is eyes don't be, they're not fixed on eternity. They're fixed on everything that's going on around us. Like, you got to understand, in this scenario right here, this story, there would have been a lot of flack coming to the bridegroom. A lot of flack coming his way because it's his job. It would have been a lot of dishonor brought to his family immediately. 
Like the first day, like how, how many of you know, like, you know, you, bro's trying to pre- impress his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the first thing that happens is we find out he ain't got enough wine for the entire party, for the three-day party that they've had. So it's kind of a disgrace for his family. But what I love so much about this is that there was a desperation for the voice of God. That they could have got focused on everything that was going on around them, but they got focused on the main thing that was at the party, and his name is Jesus, right? And so again, my heart, my challenge for us is how many times do we walk in this place? How many times do we live every single day, not desperate to hear from him, but we are just okay hearing from God? I think that's where I, I have a hard time in my own life, that I'm okay hearing from God, or am I desperate to hear from him? I think we got to pause sometimes and say, you know what, the midst of the craziness and the crazy things going on around us in our life may not be working out exactly how we thought it was going to, but yet I want to have a desperation for the voice of God. I love that so much that his mom, that Mary realized, yo, whatever he tells you to do, like go and do it. Like whatever he says, you better do it, right? I think that's so good. And we keep going down as we're reading verse number six. And again, I'm just going to tell y'all, this is straight off the cuff, just out the Bible. Everybody okay with that? We're just talking a little bit today, all right? Number three, I'm gonna, we're going to get there in a second. But watch what it says. Standing nearby was, were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons, right? So, so what I want us to understand, the third thing, I think, if we're going to live a legacy life, and it kind of goes along with what we've talked about over the last few weeks, is this idea that we got to realize what God has given us. Right? we gotta have, we got to realize what God has given us. And right there in that story, we see each could hold 20 to 30 gallons, and there's six stone jars. So you know what I did? I went to our kitchen in between service, and I got the rubber made. Come on, somebody, all right? All right. So I want us to think about it for a second. Like, this is what we have. This is it. That's all we got right there. And I think one of the most detrimental things that we can do in our life a lot of times is that we can begin to make excuses. Right? I think so many times, even in our spiritual life, like we're always thinking, you know what, man, if I just had that, or when we get this, then I'll be able to do that. Or if this happened, and man, if I, if, if I had more money, then I'd be generous. Or if I had more time, then I would serve. And I think I, I want to challenge a lot of us. I want to encourage a lot of us with this idea that you got to have a realization of what God has given you. And what we see in the story right here, listen, in this wagon account, there's stone jars that are typically used for washing. I want us to understand something. That may not be the prettiest thing that's out there, okay? I want us to get this idea that that's where people would wash their feet and their hands. How many of y'all not feet people? Anybody in the room like, don't know? Mm -mm, No feet, nasty. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine for a second, these people are washing their feet and hands, and Jesus tells them to go over there and fill them up with some drinking water. Oh, some of y'all are like, oh, I'm out, right? That, I'm leaving the party at that time, right? Like, like can you imagine for just a second? So, so, so I think sometimes what happens, though, is we are expecting, we're asking God for it to be perfect. We're asking God, God, whenever I get to this certain level in my life, whenever I get, when it's all cleaned up, when it all makes sense, then I'll give it to you. But God is not asking for that. God is asking you and I to be faithful to what he's given to you already, right? Hey, hey, what do you have? Oh, you got six jars that are used for ceremonial washing? Okay, well, I want you to bring it to me. I want you, I want you to bring them to me. They, they, and again, they probably didn't look like a Rubbermaid from Lowe's. Come on, somebody, right? Didn't probably look like that, but I got to thinking, okay, this kind of right there will hold 20, 30 gallons of stuff. And if you can imagine for a second that these probably aren't what they look like, but they were vessels that Jesus could use for the miracle. 
They were the very thing that God wanted to use for the miracle that was in front of them. And I think so many times in life where, again, we're, we doubt that God could ever use us because we haven't, we, man, I'm not gifted enough, I don't have enough. God, there's no way you could use me. When God is all he's asking of you, you know what he's asking you? Bring me what you have. Just bring me you. Just bring me what you have. Look at verse 7, the first part of it says, Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And how many of y'all know that took some work, right? How many of y'all know that back in the day they didn't have a spigot they could go to the wall, turn it on, run the hose, and go for it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? They didn't have that, okay? So think about it. Number four, the thing that I want to challenge us that I think our church should be about, that I think your life, if you want to live a legacy life, should be about, is it is a desire to work hard. A desire to work hard. This is what I know that they had to go do. They had to go to the well, and what they have to do? They had to put, dip that water down in the well, pull it up, dump it in, do it again, right? How long do you think that took? It probably took forever, not forever, but probably took them a little bit of time. And can you imagine for just a second them in the middle of this process, them doing this, them listening to this guy named Jesus that has never done a miracle before, right? Never, uh, like, no, he's never performed any sort of miracle before of blind eyes being opened. They just listened to this lady and they had a desperation for this guy named Jesus' voice. And they were willing to listen to him and do what he said. So, man, they're working, they're working, they're dumping. They're picking it up, they're rolling it up, they're dumping it in. And they fill these things to the brim. If you can imagine for a second, they fill it as full as possible. Again, how many of you know that's going to take a lot of work, right? It's going to take a lot of energy, a lot of effort. Listen to me. If you want to see God do the miraculous, I believe you got to be ready to work. And I got to be ready. You and I have to be ready to say, you know what, God? I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to go where you call me to go. I'm going to sacrifice where you call me to sacrifice. I'm going to give where you call me to give. I'm going I'm to begin to serve where you call me to serve. Like, I, I have got to be willing to work. Got to be willing to say, okay, yes, you can use me in the middle of all of that to make much of you. All right? So, like, that's what's going on in this story. All right? So, so that happens. We pick it up in verse 7b part. Right? It says, when the jars had been filled. Again, Lots of work to get to that point, okay? Lots of work. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some of it out, take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that had now, excuse me, turned to wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, right? That's what I like so much right there. Though the servants knew where it came from, he called the bridegroom over. See, what happened was... In the process of people doing what God had called them to do, the miracle happened. And in the middle of that, it was the servants, the participants, the ones that were willing to do it that got to see the miracle take place. Right, This bridegroom that called over, he had no idea what took place. The master of ceremonies had no idea what took place. It was the servants that got to see it. And I just think some of us in the room, again, we're... we're, we're you are going to experience the goodness, the, the, the incredible miracle of God when you step out and say, God, you can have whatever I have. You can use whatever I have. I'm going to put it in your hands because I believe that God works through people who work. 
and that literally the ones that participated got to, sp- got to see and experience the miracle. And I believe today, look at me really quick, I believe all of us, we have a church called Purpose Church And I believe that God has created you with purpose, that you're here in this service at 11.30 a.m. for a reason, that God has gifted you with something. He, first of all, wants to save you, and he wants to use you to make a difference for him. But listen to me. He he literally sent his son Jesus for the opportunity for you and I to have a relationship with him. And I want you to know that that gives you purpose. You know what the price that somebody is willing to pay for something declares how much it's worth? And guess what? Jesus was willing to give his life for you and for me. And so I want to tell you that you have a purpose. And I believe that God wants to use you to go out and make a difference for him. And God has called you to be one of his servants. I want to take just a second, though, and I want to just celebrate what God has been doing through the servants of people called Purpose Church, right? Like, I just want to take just a second, Legacy Sunday, and kind of cast some vision for where we're going. and Also, just kind of declare, hey, this is some of the legacy that you and I have already started to leave. And uh, I think about a couple, I, I don't know about you guys, anybody loves stories? Anybody movie people in the room? Come on, how many of y'all love a good movie? All right, Hallmark Channel's on your house right now. Quit playing, right? Love a good movie? Well, that, movies are just stories, right? And they captivate us, and they capture us. And a few weeks ago, we had everybody share if they were willing to, like, give us a little bit of your legacy story, a little bit of your purpose story. And I want to just share some of, uh, of the stories with you of people that have shared their story. And I want you, if you call Purpose Church home, if you serve, if you give, if you invite, if you do all of that, this is a part of your story. And I want you to hear some of it. So if you're ready for it, say, I'm ready. All right, this is, this is the very first one I want to just tell you. Tell us your purpose story. What would your life look like before getting involved at Purpose Church? And how has Jesus used Purpose Church to change your life? This is one of the responses. Before I came to Purpose Church, I was broken. I had neglected my faith, and I was not trusting God's plan for my life. But God has used Purpose Church to make me whole again and restore my joy in Him. I'm forever grateful that God led me to a church that wholeheartedly serves Him and speaks life and truth into everything that they do. Come on. Can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? Because that's a part of the legacy that you're leaving. An awareness of his presence, a, a desperation for his voice, literally willing to give what you have to him and a desire to work hard winds up with people like Summer who are willing to say that. I love that so much. Number two, you ready for it? Here we go. This is what it says. Uh, tell us your purpose story. I was in a new place, new town, and a new state. I only knew one other person, which was my sister. The Lord led me to purpose the first time I visited the town. And although I passed multiple churches uh, through town, Purpose was the only one that I actually did research on. I looked into it, saw that it had plenty of opportunities to serve, and kids that looked happy to be there. Come on, aren't you thankful for our Purpose Kids team, y'all? Yeah! Love that kids team. I love that so much. Right? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. That looked happy to be there rather than being there because their parents forced them to be there. Come on, we want church to be clean, safe, and fun for your kiddos. All right? I went to service my first weekend in town and met a family. And I met people who actually genuinely cared to learn my name and ask how my week was. The Lord has now given me the space to be able to teach the younger generation about Him and a place to bring my friends from college who don't know the 
Lord to church. Come on, Purpose Church. That's a part of your legacy. That's a part of what you're doing. A desperation for his voice is culminating into somebody like that that we get a chance to reach. I love that so much. This next one, they were in the first service. I saw them in there in the first service. And uh, Again, we've only been in this facility for about 10 months as a church, but we started almost four years ago uh, in, a, in a middle school. And I remember just casting some vision for the place that this would be, the lot right here. And uh, I just think about that when we were there. And, and this gal, she references that. And she says this, I remember still attending in the middle school and Dustin speaking about the plans for the lot. He said something like, your children will come to know Jesus within those walls. And I still think about that and I still get goosebumps. Purpose has been such a perfect fit for our family. I'm finding becoming a member of Purpose Church is pushing me to become a better wife, mother, sister, and friend. And we are so thankful that we found Purpose Church and are a part of what God is doing there. Come on. That's a big deal. That's a good thing. I love that. That's a part of your story. When you're willing to give God what you have, when you're willing to say, hey, you know what? Yes, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard. I'm, I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to believe. I'm going to pray. When you're willing to do that, man, we get to experience the miracle. I want us to understand, these are the miracles that we're seeing, right? These are the miracles. Like life changed. This next one, it just fires me all the way up. And I see her in this service right now, and it fires me up even more. Before getting involved in purpose, my life was extremely chaotic. I moved to Murray in October 2020 from Louisville, Kentucky. I moved back to Murray after graduating from a long-term rehab in Louisville. I found Jesus in Louisville, but fell away after many trials. I was so alone, had two children who I didn't know what to do with on Easter. And I felt desperate, depressed and lonely and as if no one cared about my struggle but after googling what to do with kids around Murray uh, around in Murray on Easter I actually stumbled upon an egg drop come on somebody I was scared overwhelmed but took them to the egg drop I felt the love radiating off of the serve team and that day I made the decision to attend church the day after the egg drop and me and my kids have been going to purpose church ever since come on right there that's a story not only that listen to me she says this I just started serving on the prayer team and going and being a part of a crew by praying for our church all the prayer requests it has given me a deeper connection with my father and I cannot describe the feeling that I'm feeling come on that's the miracle that's the story that's the person that's the life change that we get to be a part of whenever we say hey God you can have what you can have you can have our life you can have our time, you can have our energy, you can have our effort. God, it's all yours. We're going to be desperate for your voice, and we're going to be aware of your presence. If we are willing to do that, these are the miracles that we're going to continue to see. And so I just want to challenge some of us in the room. Listen, we got to be willing to work hard. Again, God works that, that, that he's calling you, I believe, to be a servant of his. And so why, again, I think, I think at the end of the day, and Kyle, if you don't mind coming up, that's why I'm going to give you that cue, because we didn't have a cue, because it's different than the first service. Come on, somebody, right? Like, why did Jesus perform this miracle? Why did he do it? Why in the world would Jesus do this? Now think about it. Verse number 11, John chapter 2. Watch what it says. It says, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. And this is what I got to thinking. Why did Jesus perform this miracle? Why, why do we get to be a part of the miracle of seeing life change take place at Purpose Church? You know what? It's not for ourselves. 
It's not for our own glory. It's not so we can say, hey, look at us. Look at what we've done. You know what it is? No, no, no. It's so that Jesus can be revealed in who he is in his glory. I think the last thing that I want to be and I want our church to be, if we're going to be legacy-minded people, I'll run down through them again to make sure you got some notes, all right? Number one, an awareness of his presence. Like, let's make sure we have that. Number two, a desperation for his voice. Number three, we got to realize what God has given us. And number four, we got to have a desire to work hard. And then last, if we're going to be a church that's legacy-minded, it's got our eyes on eternity that's going to give today in our legacy offering with that in mind. We got a desire. We got to have a desire for people to see him clearly. We got to have a desire for people to see him clearly. Again, the miracle is not for us. The miracle is not to bring us glory. The story is not for our glory. The story is for his glory. Right? The story is for Jesus' glory. That our work and our effort are valuable only when they lead others to seeing Jesus more clearly, not us more clearly. And I just, I, I just, I pray that that would be something that our church embodies. I pray that that would be something our church would be known for. And I, I'll just tell you from the very beginning, this idea of eyesight, this very, this this idea of seeing something clearly, has been on the forefront of my mind from the very beginning, even before Purpose Church. I sat down, and as we began to think about who God is calling us to be and what, what the role of the church is going to be and what the role of people in the church like you is going to be, like what, what's it going to look like? What's Purpose Church? What do we see years and years down the road? What do we see generation after generations down the road? And I wrote this down in, in this ARC journal many years ago, literally, and I've got it. And I want to read it to you, and it's something that in my heart, a desire for people to see Jesus clearly. And I wrote this down, and I titled it, and I saw some other pastors that had done it, and I just spent some time just crafting, like, just these, these I think, just phrases, and just honestly, to me, it's like a, it's kind of like a battle cry, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like, this is who we're going to be. Like, this is what we're going to be. I see a church. It's kind of the name. I see a church. And I'll go back to the very beginning of this little book right here, hopefully. Sorry, I'm a mess today, y'all. I hope I get this raw, uncut, ready to go today. Here we go. I, here we go. I see a church where Jesus is our point and that everything is built on Jesus, by Jesus, and for Jesus. I see a church that's big enough to impact the world but small enough to feel like home. I see a church so attractive, so refreshing, so life-giving that people plan their vacations around getting back for church. Come on, somebody, right? I see a church so encouraging that people leave every single week built up, not beat down. I see a church where the presence of God is experienced through passionate worship, where God's word is preached practically and clearly, where the gospel is proclaimed unapologetically, and where the Holy Spirit is welcomed every time we meet. I see a church that embraces all people at all times with compassion and openness arms and won't stop until every person in Murray, Kentucky knows their God-given purpose. You know why? Because people are hard. I see a church 
full of people who have found a relationship with Jesus and are living the full abundant life that only gets better and better. I see a church where people are continually taking their next step in their spiritual journey, constantly moving forward and never turning back. I see a church that's willing to bet the farm, take risks, dream big, trust God, move into a stinky facility called Save a Lot, and because faith is our reaction. I didn't write that. That was just in there a little bit. That was just my, okay. I see a church that refuses to play it safe when it comes to reaching people far from God with the gospel. I see a church that pays attention to the details and believes that excellence honors God because excellence is our ordinary. I see a church where people can discover their God-given purpose, use their unique talents, personalities, spiritual gifts to make a difference for Jesus. I see a church that goes beyond its four walls by loving and serving our city with no strings attached. I see a church that's categorized by its outrageous generosity and gives resources sacrificially and generously because generosity is our privilege. I see a church where God uses ordinary people on an extraordinary team to accomplish so much more together than they could apart. I see a church with a world-class, clean, safe, fun kids ministry where kids experience Jesus on their level. Come on, aren't you thankful for Purpose Kids today, right? I see a church that parties with the purpose because celebration is our response. I see a church that said, y'all, y'all having some, we're having some church right now, but you're just doing church, all right? I'm trying to get us to understand. I see a church that celebrates every person and every story. Why? Because they matter to God. I see a church that intentionally is committed to raising, training, and empowering the next generation of leaders that I believe will change the world. I see a church that's vocal with our honor and is not stingy with our words of affirmation because honor is our posture. And I see a church that's looking for opportunities to add value to the church and other people. And I see a church that's full of people living on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And listen, Purpose Church, as I'm reading that, I'm thinking about you. And I'm seeing a church right now in front of me, that's right in front of me, that says, you know what? We got five things. We got a desperation for his voice. We've got a, a, a literally a, an awareness of his presence. We got a realization of what God has given us. We got a desire to work hard and we got a desire to see people that would see God clearly. Come on, if you believe that, if you trust that, if you're a part of that vision, come on, can we give God all the praise? Can we give God all the honor? Can we give God all the praise? Come on, won't you jump up on your feet? Can we take five seconds to declare that God, you're worthy. God, you're awesome. God, you're in this place. God, this is your church. God, we are your people. And God, we will do whatever it takes to connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. Come on, give it up for Jesus in this place. Like, listen, let's be that kind of church, right? Let's be that. Stay standing for just a second. Let's just be that. Let's be that church. I see it, and we're, we're there. We're getting there. We're taking steps towards that. And I'm just so thankful, like today, with our legacy offering in mind, that we're taking steps saying, you know what? I see a church for what God is doing. And I just want to think about just the last two weeks that four people have given their life to Jesus. They found life-giving grace available for them. They walked in these doors. Think about it. We're not just doing church. Man, we're experiencing the power of his presence. They walked in that door, dead in their sin. And as they walked out, a new creation. The old is gone. 
and the new has come. And as we begin and continue to build God's church together, I just want to encourage you. May we see him clearly. May we be people that want other people to see him clearly. May we, excuse me, do the work that he's called us to do. May we say, God, whatever you've given us, we're going to give you. May we have an awareness of his presence. And may we be desperate for his voice above all else, above everything else. We'll say, Jesus, what is it that you want us to do? Maybe some of you need to ask that today because some of you need to give your life to Jesus. Jesus, you'd, you'd say, hey, I think all of us right across this room right now, would you ask Jesus, not out loud, what do you want from what do, you, what do you need me to do today, Jesus? Because if we're going to be legacy people, it starts today. Like it's, It takes urgency today. Like, we will do it today. Like, let's be people that are saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do what God has called us to today. So all across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're in this room and you say, hey, I don't know how to answer that, Dustin. What, what do you want me to do, Jesus? Well, I think for some of you in the room, some of you, you need to say yes to a relationship with Christ today. And today that that's your next step. You would say, Jesus, I want Jesus to come in my life and save me. Here's what I want us to understand is that our relationship with Jesus is not dependent on you and I and how good we are or whether we came to church or not. No, our, our, our relationship is dependent on Jesus. And I want you to know that all of us, the Bible tells us that all have sinned, all have fallen short, that all have messed up. We, we, we've all sinned. And I think that that's something that you've got to realize that we've all messed up. But even while we were still sinning, the Bible says that Christ died for us. That he gave his life for us. Romans 5, 8. Man, I'm so thankful that even while I was still sinning, Christ died for me. Wherever you are, watching online, listening on the podcast, in this room, I want you to know that there was a love for you far greater than any love you'll ever experience here on this earth. And, and far more than any love than you can ever give back. The one thing that Jesus asks of you is not to clean yourself up, not to be perfect, but it's to come to Him broken, weary, burdened, sinful. If you'll ask Him, the Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive you of all sins, of all unrighteousness. And so wherever you're at, today may be that day that you're coming back home. There you're coming to the Father, that you, you, you've been far from God, that you have, you don't know God, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but today is that day. If that's you and you say, hey, you know what, I need that. I need to experience that forgiveness. I need to experience that grace. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you just to repeat something like this, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross. I believe they put you in the tomb. I believe that, God, that you got out of the grave and you died for me. And I put my faith and trust in you today. I give you my life. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I ask you to save me. Help me live for you from this day forward. Maybe you prayed that. Maybe you prayed something like it. It doesn't have to be word for word, but you just meant it in your heart. And you said that you needed Jesus to save you. If that's you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to just be like, I'm going to ask for you to acknowledge that you just did that. That's all I'm going to say. If you would just raise your hand and say, hey, you know what? I just prayed to receive Jesus. And I see your hand, you can drop it right back down. Anybody else? Say, hey, that was me. Anybody else? Awesome. 
it's you that you just said yes to Jesus in just a second, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings as we worship. And the lights are going to dim down a little bit. And we're going to have people on either side of this altar down here. That Listen, I'd love if you would tell somebody the best decision that you've ever made is saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know that, like, yeah, you raised your hand and said that, but it, it, I'm telling you, once you grab the person next to you, when we begin to sing in just a second, would you make your way down to somebody on our team on either side of this platform and say, hey, you know what, I just gave my life to Jesus. I just, I just said yes to Jesus, and we would love to celebrate with you, love to party with you, love to give you a Bible, love to give you a new believer's guide, because it's kind of like, you've got some questions I know you're asking right now. Okay, now what do I do? Now what am I supposed to do? And we want to help you in that. We want to walk through the season with you. We want to walk that next step with you. And so maybe you're in here and you do know Jesus already. But maybe today, something about it, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. And it was just a, okay, my eyes haven't been on eternity. They've been on everything around me. The, the chaos of the party, the chaos of life, the chaos of family. And I, I, I just need a desperation for His voice. I just need to be aware of his presence. Like I needed that today. I needed to know that today. I need to be reassured of that today. And I'm asking, I'm going to commit to raise my hand to say, hey, I'm voicing my desperation for the voice of God. If that's you and you just say, hey, that's me. Would you just raise your hand just say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Let me drop it back down. Awesome. Awesome. Let me pray for you. God, we come to you right now, and I thank you so much for this place. God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that we get a chance to walk into a place, and we get to worship you and open your Bible, and that your Holy Spirit will speak to us. And God, I thank you today for salvation. I thank you today for restoration, for healing. We believe that, God, we're going to seek you first with everything that we've got. That we're going to seek you first above all else. That we're going to put you first in our finances and our faith and our life and our, 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 our week and our, our family. That you're going to be first above everything else, Jesus. And so today, God, we just pause for a second just to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. We focus on you today, Jesus. It's in the mighty, powerful, awesome, magnificent name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said. Amen, amen. Come on, can we thank God for salvation in this place today? Come on, can we thank God for saving somebody in this room today? I love that so much. Well, I, I want to, just before we, but we're going to have a, a time where we just get a chance to worship. We're going to sing that song that we sang this entire series uh, where we seek seeking first the kingdom. And in just a second, our, our ushers are going to come forward, and we're going to take up this, this, our tithes and offerings, which is just our regular every week thing that we do. But obviously today it's a special day. I think it's a holy day where we just get a chance to say, hey, God, we're, we're giving above and beyond that. And again, our legacy offering one time a year. So we, we've talked about it for six, seven weeks. And we hope you come prepared for that. As a family, we came prepared to give today. And, and uh, I just want to just challenge all of us that we're planting seed in the ground, believing that God is going to do the watering and the growing and the, and the harvest. But we're just going to be willing to be people that do it. We're going to be willing to put seed in the ground and say, God, you can use us however you want to use us. You can use whatever we have. You can use whatever it is that you, you want. God, you can do it. And we're going to put it in your hands. Whatever you've given us, we're going to be faithful to give back to you. And so as we give today, just know that, man, thank you for your generosity, that this year alone that we've seen 55 people that are documented, like gave us their information, I committed my life to Jesus so far this year. That's 55 people that walked in this door dead in their sin, 55 people that found a relationship with Jesus. Come on, I think we can thank God for that a little bit more. 
That's good news. 55 people. It's incredible. And man, as we give, just think about that. Just think about that legacy of what we get a chance to be a part of. So if you have it or if you're, you're right there, would you mind stretching your hands towards heaven? We're going to pray. And as I get done saying amen, our usher team's going to come down. And they're going to start just passing these offering containers around. Just to, let's do that together. We won't do it together. When all of us do a little, we can all do a lot together. And so as you're passing those around, thank you for your generosity. And let's worship as we sing to our incredible creator. God, we come to you right now. Thank you for the, the gift of, of, of generosity, that, we, that you were generous first, that you gave us your son, Jesus. And God, we're just so thankful that we get a chance to give back. And we say thank you for what you've done, for who you are, for how you have saved us. And, and God, we just thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. And Lord, I just pray today as we give, God, we do it with a cheerful heart, that we would do it just saying thank you for who you are, Jesus. We love you, we honor you, we worship you, and we give believing that the best is still ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. Come on, let's worship and let's give together. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.